0: Not sure what that kind of walk up music is that 's very different than the than the new year 's video that we had. I was like wow that 's pretty sassy that video. I was expecting a little dance line to come out and that kind <laughs> of so good morning, everybody it 's so good to see you guys and I am very um, I'm very pleased to be able to teach the last message of the year, Um, and part of that was um, just a... This is my New Year's joke, is that uh, since we have to move fairly quickly afterwards, I needed to make sure that the message was done on time. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And that includes you, Pastor Scott, as well. So... Anyway, so uh, as, I, as I was choosing, I've been thinking for a little while about what I would like to teach on for the, the end of the year. And, and uh, you know, you, you want to have something that is uplifting going into the year. And Scott was very funny because I hadn't really talked to Scott too much about what I was teaching on. And he goes, I was really excited until I saw the title of your message is Let This Be the Winter of Our Discontent. And he's like, ugh. And I said, I love that that's where your mind went because so did mine kind of with that phrase. I'm going to tell you why, number one, I wanted to teach on contentedness and where that title came from because I think that that helps set the stage for where we're going today. So first of all, when I was thinking about, you know, last week uh, or the last time I taught, I taught on joy. You know, it's very important to me. My heart for people is for them to be able to really um, feel the joy, the love that the Lord gives us. And it's a daily struggle, right? No matter how good you are, no matter how great your situation is, it is intention for us as humans to continue that way and not let ourselves be pulled down a rocky road and a, and a rocky slope. So. With all the damage that can be caused by discontent in our lives, that was something that I wanted to teach on, to talk about, you know, that, that joy message I loved. And I thought, you know, I think who wouldn't want to be in a state of joy and contentedness, right? That doesn't sound horrible at all. So I would like to teach on that. I was thinking about that. And in the ladies' Bible study, we are going through a study right now where we're in the harmony of the Gospels. And we've just talked about the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. And talk about somebody who allowed their discontent to wreak havoc on everyone, including themselves. So when I was thinking about that idea, that idea of contentedness, being content, this phrase came to my mind that I had heard. It's a quote, but I couldn't have told you where it was from. The winter of our discontent. So that's what I was thinking of. I was like, then I started thinking, so what's that about? I know that phrase. I know that, 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 uh, when am I trying to say that quote, where does that even come from? So I started looking it up and I'm going to be full disclosure. I didn't know. And so I'm going to tell you so you guys can all know. The Winter of Our Discontent is the last novel written by John Steinbeck. Okay. And the title comes from the first two lines of William Shakespeare's Richard III. Now is the winter of our discontent made glorious summer by the son of York. So like I said, I hadn't read the book. I couldn't have told you what it was from. But I, when I was thinking about it, that phrase came to my mind. And I wanted to know what that what that meant, what that was about. And it wasn't what I thought it was. It's kind of like when I was talking to Scott, and Scott sounds like, that sounds kind of ominous, let this be the winter of our discontent. But it's not that at all. The winter of our discontent alludes to unhappiness, discontentment, times of trouble coming to an end. So think about when we talk about the seasons of our lives, spring, summer, autumn, winter. The winter season of our life is the end season of our life. So when we look at, let this be the winter of our discontent, it's really saying, let this be the end of our discontent. Better times are coming. Now in the book, to be fair, they're talking about some political unrest and dissatisfaction. But I thought really so much of our lives are spent in this season of discontentment, even among other wonderful things that are happening. And I wanted to talk about that and I wanted to pray about that. And the beautiful thing about teaching, I have discovered, is that in order to to talk to you guys like this, I don't have to have this nailed down because I don't. This is why the Holy Spirit puts this on my heart to teach it because it is something that I struggle with as well. And I think you may be able to relate to some of the things that we're going to talk about. So again, we're all familiar with the idea of seasons, right? You know, a season of life. I'm in a season of life, having kids, being single, working, of rest. Just think about that idea of seasons. And as we move through the message, bear in mind that our goal is to make this day, this week, this everything, this the winter season of our discontent, the winter of our discontent, the end of that. So I want everybody to do something that might be a little uncomfortable right now, but you don't have to share it with anybody. I want you to think in your mind right now about something that you're dissatisfied with. Um, Something that's just poking at you, big, small, whatever. And let's be thinking about that as we work through this message. So, okay, everybody have that in your mind. And uh, some people might be, you know, thinking something funny. Oh, my, my, my breakfast wasn't warm enough for me this morning. Ha, ha, ha. Right? But that little discontent, does that sometimes start you down a road of where every little thing just builds upon the other? Let's take any of those things. But if you're willing to go deeper, go deeper. All right? So have that in your mind. So I'm going to start with telling you a little story, a little fable to get things going. So there was a kingdom with a king, and the king was suffering from various maladies that were uncomfortable, and he just went to his advisors, and he went to his medical advisors, and he was like, you know, what can, I be, what can be done to cure me of this? And their big fantastic idea was, hey, you need to go find the shirt of a contented man, a shirt of a contented man, and wear that shirt night and day. And that will heal you. It will make you all better and that will take care of all of your problems. So the king, having all kinds of people at his disposal, took his, his messengers and his knights and he sent them out into the kingdom and he said, bring me the shirt of a contented man. And so they're gone for months and they finally come back. They come back empty-handed. And the king is like, couldn't you find any contented men in our kingdom? And the messenger's like, King, I was able to find one content man in all the realm. And the king's like, why didn't you bring me his shirt then? Sir, he had no shirt. That story tells you a lot of things, right? But one of them is that it's hard To find contentedness. And it doesn't always look like you think it would. It's different. It's different for people, but it's hard to find. And it shouldn't be that hard to find. And when I told you guys when I taught on joy, I was a little surprised when I put that call out about tell me about one of your most joyful moments, how few responses I got on that one. That concerns me a little bit because I think sometimes it's hard for us when we're in a difficult spot to go back and remember those things. So as I thought and I prayed about it, it occurred to me that all of us, regardless of whatever other season that we're in, whether it's a season of things we're doing because of our age, our finances, our families, our jobs, we could still embrace the option of this current season being the winter of our discontent. Um, I hate to break it to all of you and myself that there is no magic rolling into a new year. There is no magic picking a day on the calendar and saying, hey, on that day, I am gonna change everything that I have done for the entire previous 56 years of my life, and I am going to eat only good things, or I am never gonna spend an extra cent, or I'm never, whatever. Whatever your thing is, there's no magic in that. As a matter of fact, I believe that often the enemy uses those things to hurt us, to make us feel like we have failed. When you, when you roll into that new year and the first 30 seconds after you've opened up your eyes, something doesn't go right and you're like, "Ugh! Oh, now 2024 is done for me. The enemy is, is terrible that way, to make us feel that we have failed. And so just, just keep in your mind as we think about this and you go out for the rest of your life today that the supernatural state of contentment can only be achieved through our relationship with Jesus. That's it. So to be content, what does it mean? Used as an adjective, it means you're in a state of peaceful happiness. Used as a verb, it's satisfying, to satisfy. Used as a noun, a state of satisfaction, okay? So we've got the idea of what it is to be content. And even though that's clear, and those are all good things, we read that, there's nothing about that that seems bad, people often confuse being content with settling. So think about that. Have you ever had something where that's, that's where your mind was at, or a friend, that's where their mind was at, You know, they were happy, but then somebody else tells them they're settling or that's what they have in their mind, that they should be wanting something other than what it is they have. So there's a difference between settling for something and being content that you are in the place you are for a reason, content with the knowledge that perhaps your situation is temporary. It isn't always, right? You know, my, my, I have type one diabetes. It's an autoimmune disease. I've been on insulin for nine years. Uh, I would love for this to be temporary. And if the Lord chooses to heal me, then it will be. But if he doesn't, for whatever reason, whatever his good and perfect reasons are, then that situation is not temporary for me. And I have to be willing to accept that he has a plan for even that. Content that you're in a phase of growth a phase of rest, work, character building, recognizing the gift of each of these opportunities. And I read some places I was studying somebody who called these privileged occasions for, and I really liked that, privileged occasions for, because they are privileged occasions when we look at them as experiences that we are gonna go through with the Lord right by our side. I have an example for you. So, and I'm gonna use a, a work a work example, like a job example, because I feel like many, many people have been in this space before. So let's say that you have, um, you take a job and the job isn't one that you are familiar with. It's like in a trade that you're not familiar with, an industry you're not familiar with. Doesn't pay all that you wish it would pay, uh, especially because you're not familiar with it. So you don't you know, you really, it isn't valid for them to give you top dollar, but it's bridging a gap, a financial gap for you at that moment. Um, And it's not something that you're really interested in going into, um, but this is where you are right now in this job. And you could say and decide to be discontent about that situation and not be very good at that job, you know, but you could take a moment and look at what could be happening, what God could be doing in that job. Could be a few things. One, we already talked about, perhaps it's, it's bridging a financial gap, so you're able to make ends meet, all right? So we're not all partying with champagne for sure, but it's helping you make ends meet. Two, you're going into something that you are not familiar with, so you're learning something else. And even though it might not seem like it's something you're gonna use right now, You don't know that. I can tell you from personal experience, looking back at things that I learned 15 years ago and I was like, man, if you had told me that that would be the springboard for being in ministry, I never would have believed you. Because you just don't know. And sometimes we don't take the time to know. We're so busy looking at what we're dissatisfied about in that situation. So at the end of that, maybe you find out that this thing that you've gone into that you are now learning and getting better at so that you could actually be paid more for, maybe you love that. Maybe you had never even considered that as a trade. I think about young people who at in sixth grade, you know... They're trying to figure out what they're going to do for their life. You know, you better get a college prep school at sixth grade. And I know you can't even choose what kind of juice box you want to bring, but you need to decide what you want to do for college, you know, and <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, the Lord is amazing in what he does and, and how he gets us where we need to be. And so... Um, that, that idea of jobs, so many of us have been in jobs where we're like, what am I doing here? But if we give it a chance and we try to look at it through our God filter, God's doing something with it. And it's kind of on us to open ourselves up to allowing him to show us and to give it some time. It's understanding God's timing. Because sometimes it's always, maybe it's a placeholder for a better job. You know, you just you don't know. So those experiences, those privileged occasions when we have the Lord walking with us through something, um, we need to try to look at it in that light. Give it the opportunity to be seen in that light. So I'm not saying, to be clear, that to be content in a sinful. Disposition, right? Don't be content with your sin. Don't be content with a bad situation. If you are in a situation where somebody is abusive or something like that, that's not what I'm saying. Okay? I'm saying I want to just be clear about that. We're being content with the knowledge that God is here and He's working with us every step of the way. That's what we're content with. He hasn't stepped out for coffee while your circumstance arose, right? He is there and He's with us. And often, the Lord is the author of our discontent. Oh, I'm sure people don't let me even saying that. But it's not because he's chosen our circumstance to be a source of discontent for us, but because we are not seeing our circumstance for what it is. He's got a purpose for it, but if we're not seeing it for what it is, we're blaming him for our discontent. So we know he's for us, and if that's the case, why would he allow it otherwise? If if he's for us, if we really believe that and we know the Lord, why would he allow it otherwise? And the answer is he wouldn't. So where does our discontent? So discontent can be anxiousness, worry, dissatisfaction. Where does that take us? In Galatians, we love the quote, the scripture about fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Our discontent produces poison fruit. Greed, envy, anger, impatience, all the things that are opposite of good fruit of the Spirit. That is what discontent produces, poison fruit. And if God wants us to produce only good fruit, then maybe he's teaching us how to do just that. Because if we can learn to be content in any situation, then we can be producing good fruit, always. So there's a scripture that we're going to bring up um, in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. And Paul's writing uh, to Timothy about the difference between false teaching, so teachers that do not know the Lord, that are teaching falsely, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. He's talking about the difference between false teaching and knowing um, God, which brings the true riches. So starting in verse six, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave, when we leave it, sorry. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Now don't get distracted by the fact that many of these scriptures use money as the, the, the root of discontent. It can be any, anything, it can be anything. But right now we're looking at money. So what are some examples of this when we're looking about where that discontent over money and provision, what can that do? Well Judas, we talked about that before. Judas's discontentment, just a little bit of money and he, again, wreaked havoc not only for everyone around him, Though we know it had to happen, God had a purpose for it. Jesus knew. But even Judas, we know he killed himself, right? This didn't end up the way he thought it was going to end up. Overspending. If we're going to look at money, how many of us have discontent over our financial situation. We have discontent over what we owe, our uh, credit card balances, any of those things. Yet, maybe we have a little bit of an Amazon problem or something like that. And that has been one for me, all right? You know, I feel a little discontent. You know what would make me feel better? A box of gel pins, you know? And and yeah, So so, so luckily for me, I guess, you know, those types of things, they're a little bit smaller ticket, but those add up, right? So I have done quite a bit with myself over really, hey, once I get that urge, what's really going on right now? You know, it's not that I have a lack of gel pins, trust me. Um, so, so I'm just saying, those things, those things, they don't seem like big things, but they just continue to, to rack up and feed into the discontent that we're already experiencing. Another scripture in Matthew 6.25. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So a lot of what Matthew um, ha- is talking about here when he's talking about um, Jesus's sermon is examples of anxiousness and worry, that, that we feel anxiousness and worry, which is also discontent over these concerns. And this is, the, it's not like we're, we understand that we have basic needs, but there's a difference between, hey, this is a basic need and I'm going to do the the things that are that makes sense. I'm going to make, try to make good decisions. And then anxiousness and worry, allowing us to be in a state of dis- uh, discontent, dissatisfaction that then affects everything else that's going on. It affects the fruit in our lives. And this last uh, scripture we're going to bring up in Philippians 4, 10 through 13, uh, And this is Paul talking to the Philippians, writing to the Philippians. Now I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this out of need, for I have learned to be content regardless of my circumstances. I know how to live humbly, and I know how to abound. I am accustomed to any and every situation, to being filled and being hungry, to having plenty and having need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So we all know, I think at this point, Paul got his butt kicked regularly, right? I mean, he talked about things that did not go right for him regularly. And we can be sure, though, that the times that he had where he was living with everything, and he had his belly full, and everything that he needed was there, that those times were more fun. We could be sure that those were more fun. But look, he said he had learned how to live in every situation. So those that were fun, so he probably relished those a little extra to help him as he got into some of these others. But what was that secret? And it was living through Christ. It's not really a secret at all if you know the Lord. So Paul could be content because he understood the mission that he was on, and he understood that he was aligned with God, and that was what he needed to be able to keep his mind right um, with things that were not easy. They were not easy things. So the Greek term that Paul used, and this we've got up here, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's, uh, well, maybe I will try. There you go. I'm going to let that be the pronunciation. (laughs) Comes from autos, which is self, and arkin, which is sufficient, meaning self-sufficiency, which is entirely God-produced. I love this so much, I can't even tell you. Because sometimes I get confused about, like, you know, I want to be self-sufficient, but I don't want to be self-sufficient outside of God's provision. And so I loved this. It is self-sufficiency that is entirely God-produced, meaning he has given you everything and you are using the everything that he gives you to to do his work, to be able to, to, to make all of those ends meet. He's giving you what you need. So this is translated in English as the word content, and it describes a state of being satisfied with things as they are oh my gosh, as they are. I mean, could you, I can't even wrap my mind around the idea of being satisfied with things as they are. How sad is that? I mean, how much time do we spend being dissatisfied with the way things are because we always feel like there is something magical that I should be want you know, have. You know, I've got this, but now this isn't gonna be good enough. I need this extra thing. It's either more money, bigger house, better car, more time off. It's whatever it is, I'm dissatisfied because I want something else and better than what I've got. And sometimes they're just minor annoyances that continue to grow into larger annoyances. So I loved that idea of being satisfied with things as they are. So I'm gonna share with you a little story. I wasn't going to tell you this because I'm a little embarrassed about it, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. So as I'm writing this message, we're just going to talk about how human we are. As I'm writing this message, I'm also been working with something where our 20th anniversary is coming up in February. And I had booked a place for us on a website five months ago. And I got an email saying, hey, I'm sorry we can't host your dates. We're canceling your reservation. And I'm like, what? This is five months ago. No explanation, no I'm sorry, no nothing. And it looked like a kind of a cool property, but there were a few things that I was a little concerned about even when I had first booked it. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe we aren't supposed to stay there. Maybe that's, and I, I go online and I'm able to find another property, no problem for the overnight that we need. It's even in a better location, but, I wasn't really satisfied with that because I'm mad that they didn't tell me that they were sorry for inconveniencing me. And so then I go down this, this road of looking up every single review, any place I can find it. I can't even tell you. So as I'm going down this road, the Holy Spirit is ding, ding. Could you not just be content with the fact that I have saved you from something that would not have been a good fit. Because I found quite a few negative reviews and I feel like that is exactly what happened. But at first, it wasn't enough that the Lord had protected me and produced a perfectly better option for me. I was mad, I was discontent about that. And I thought to myself, how funny is that? As I'm writing a message on being content with the way things are and trusting the Lord, I am going down this ridiculously unfruitful path because I'm mad someone didn't apologize to me. So, yeah. So anyway, we're gonna have a a much better scripture for you now to look at. Don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. Notice the little change in the background from the winter background to that nice summery background. That's right. He will never abandon you. Like I said, you can fill in almost anything for that word money. Anything that takes your eyes off the prize of your relationship with Jesus could be filled in for that word money. The important part of that scripture is he will never abandon you. He is right there with you all the time. Now, there are many, many verses on contentment, so you can go in your Bible in 2 Corinthians 12, Habakkuk 3, Philippians 4, Psalm 37, but there's one I'm going to uh, read to you guys, and it's uh, from Nehemiah, which is an amazing book of the Bible. Nehemiah 8, 10 through 12. And I'm gonna set the stage for this a little bit for you. So this is where Ezra has come. Ezra and Nehemiah are kind of a team in this right here. And he reads the book of the law of Moses. So they bring everybody out into this giant courtyard. Not just men, like everyone, and kids, anyone who's old enough to understand, they bring everyone out and they read from the book of the law of Moses and the Levites stay and they help explain to everyone what it means, right? So they're not just reading it and like, good luck with that, they're reading it and people are explaining to the people what God's words mean. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites too quieted the people telling them, hush, don't weep for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. That's why we come here on Sunday. This is why you study. This is why you read the Bible. You pray. You go to to the led by the spirit class. You learn how to hear the Lord's voice because your whole life changes when you can hear God's words and understand them and understand how he is for us. So if we look and hey, wait, Best New Year's party ever, right? You know, that would be, yes. Um, So if we look at all these scriptures that show that our contentment is tied with our knowledge of Jesus and our relationship with the Lord, what does a lack of contentment indicate? It indicates that maybe our knowledge and relationship with the Lord isn't all that we think it is. And it doesn't mean always, means maybe you're just having a little struggle at that moment, but that's something that we can alert ourselves to and we can take action, all right? Our discontent isn't teaching someone else a lesson. I hate to break this to everyone, it's damaging us. So my discontent with the fact that somebody didn't say they were sorry and I was looking at all their bad reviews, they couldn't care less, didn't affect them at all, It was damaging my heart in that moment, all right? Our discontent, again, not teaching someone else a lesson. It's damaging us. So I've got a little homework for you. Got this little sheet that we're gonna bring up here. Now, if you journal, just use your journal. You don't have to write this down. This is just something I want you to think about. I'll post this in um, the social if you want. If you're watching... um, online and you're using the Bible app, I've got this, this graphic up there. But I want you to scrutinize. It could be the situation that you thought about at the beginning of this message. I want you to scrutinize a situation that is making you discontented. I want you to break it apart in pieces and use your God filter to see what work is being done. And every time that discontentment creeps up, I want you to remind yourself how God is providing, growing and building you with this situation. So the first thing is, what is the issue, right? So we thought about one at the beginning of the message, but you can, you know, you can, I'm sure we all have more than enough for this to happen more than one time. Um, How could God be growing me in this, right? So say the issue is you're at a job and you are frustrated because there's so many people that you have to oversee in this job. And it's, it's frustrating because the people don't really necessarily understand the job. Or it's just, it takes a lot of extra to be able to, to oversee this group of people. Why might I need, so, so how could God be growing me? Well, maybe it's the patience to work with a group of people that you 're frustrated with, right so your issue is I have no patience for these people. How is God growing me uh, he 's showing me that I need to have patience he 's helping me practice my patience. Why might I need this experience well one you 're already overseeing them, so probably you need experience in that but what 's something else something bigger because we tend to look at What the issue is that we're in and right at that that moment, that's what we tend to focus on, not what's coming. What's the amazing thing that's coming that he's preparing us for? Maybe there's a bigger position or a better job or a different situation where that patience is really going to be key what could god be prepping me for maybe you know about a job that you want maybe you know about a family situation that you're about to walk into maybe you know maybe you don't know maybe you need to start thinking about that as you go through these questions you can be asking the holy spirit hey holy spirit how is god growing me in this i don't see it it's frustrating you know what am i missing why might I need this? What's gonna happen? What do you have for me in the future where this is gonna be something where I can be representing for you because I have learned this thing? What are you prepping me for, God? What's, it should be kind of exciting. It should be an exciting thing to know that the Lord is prepping you, building you, growing you through something that might be a little difficult, but you can be content in knowing that he's doing it for a reason and then praying about it all the way what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. So as you go down those things, ask the Holy Spirit, am I on target? What am I missing? Where is my blind spot in this? He is for us, so he's not gonna leave you hanging. But we have to give him the opportunity to respond Right? If we are doing all of the talking and none of the listening, there is no opportunity for him to respond in that. So this is, again, just an exercise. You can follow this or not. You can journal it. You can just think about it. But I think it's so important for us to be aware, because once we're aware, we can be honed in on those places that we're struggling. The ability to be content and satisfied with the way things are could be the key to removing that poison fruit that chokes us and keeps us from realizing and accepting the great work the Lord is doing in us and through us at this very moment. All right, let's pray. Lord, we are lifting up everybody in this room, everybody who is listening right now, Lord, and we just ask that you take whatever that that dissatisfaction, that discontent they are feeling about any circumstance, Lord, and we ask for your supernatural revelation to them as to how you are growing and preparing them for bigger and better things in your kingdom, how they have a purpose and their purpose is the purpose that you have given them and it is worthy. So Lord, we thank you for that opportunity. We just love you, we praise you, and we give it all up to you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're gonna move into communion right now. Let's move into communion thankful that we have this opportunity to have the Lord with us through all of these things. And let's think about what it would be like, the miraculousness of being content right where we are and talking to the Lord about what he has for us next. So we'll have wine and gluten-free crackers and bread at these front two stations and we would love to serve you. You can serve yourself at the back and we've got uh, juice there. You just dip in the wine or the juice, but take communion and take it with a heart that is just open to hear from the Holy Spirit so that you can walk in to tomorrow and the next day and the next day fresh and content. Thank you.